When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fellow adventurers. So, the village of Elmbridge is cleared of goblins. It's time to return to the church. You cautiously make your way back to the church. With no sign of goblin activity around, you quickly slip inside the now abandoned structure. Presume the people who are patrolling fled. Or maybe they were in one of the buildings at the time. You stand in the recessed corner of the Elbridge Church, staring down at an open hatch in the floor. Below the hatch, a set of stone steps descends into shadow. You recall the worlds are quick, and you're certain that the stairs below the hatchway lead down to the tunnels you mentioned. Into the tunnels, the quig told you the stranger fled, fled with the goblin in, in pursuit. With Elbridge now nearly free of its goblin occupiers, feel that it's safe to enter the tunnel should you wish to. Then I will descend into the tunnels. Take your first few cautious steps down into the gloom beneath the hatch. Prepare to enter the tunnels. Okay. You're standing at the base of the stone steps that lead up to the church. Nothing stirs in the darkness that surrounds you. The silence that pervades these halls is deafening. Okay, passage to the east. Your footfalls echo along the narrow, twisting passages that make up this ancient labyrinth. Okay, now I can go north. Now I can go all four directions. I'll go to the east. The sound of many levelly feet slapping against the stone floor of the suck passage sends your pulse racing. From the sounds of it, a sizable party of goblins is is headed this way. So, I could hide in the shadows and let the goblin party pass by, or I can please continue and presumably fight them. Please continue and fight them. Party of 11 cave goblins steps into view out of the gloom, less than 50 yards from where you stand. Immediately, one of the foul creatures cries out in alarm and points a crooked finger in your direction. The cave goblins rush along the passage in your direction, shrieking wildly. Hold your ground and fight the cave goblins. The cave goblins shriek wildly as they close in around you. The cave goblin search party begin combat. The, the cave goblins shriek in tack as they claw at you without mercy. And they also lay a brutal stroke for two damage, and then one for six damage. Keep fighting them. Fighting them some more. More fighting. They are slain. 
for 262 XP. The walls and floor of this section of the patch is covered with the blood of the slain goblins. You carefully search through the remains and discover the following. You discover many items among the twisted remains of the goblins. Alright, common wing gauntlets and 30 and 47 gold. Satisfied that you have not overlooked anything, you once again set off on your way along the dark passage. Alright, what's going Okay, I'm going to go north. We're in the northwest side. Now it sort of serpentines across the north part. Wiggy, wiggly, 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 woo. Right to the northeast side. Now going back to the center. Alcove there, nothing there. Another alcove. Alright, and down along the south wiggly wiggly bit. Just weaves in and out along the south. Alright, and back to the alcove. Okay. Hmm, thought something would try to attack me. Maybe I've already killed everything. Alright, make my way along the north wiggly bit. And northeast entrance. Back to the centre. And a long corridor going east. What's be happening here? Right near the end, one more. You arrive at the dead end in the passage and find yourself witness to a horrifying scene. Two armoured goblins and an ogre stand over the body of a woman. The woman, whose face is painted in a pattern that suggests an attempt at camouflage, still alive but appears to be severely wounded. The two goblins begin sniffing the air wildly and spin to face you. Hideous sneers spread across their disease-widdled faces. The painted one has a friend, says one of the goblins in a mocking tone. One of the goblins issues a sharp command. The ogre, the ogre, wielding a thick-hafted wooden spear, stomps in your direction. Attack the fearsome spear-wielding ogre. The ogre wars, exposing its massive bone-crushing teeth as it draws, draws to within melee range. You nimbly dodge the first thrust of its spear and counter with your own attack. You fight a spear-wielding ogre. The ogre thrusts his wooden spear at you. The enemy lays a particularly brutal stroke on you. It is slain. 537 XP points. Witnessing the slaying the ogre was apparently too much for one of the goblins. The cowardly creature streaks past you before you can react and disappears into the gloom of the passage. The lone remaining goblin smears, sneers, and draws a scimitar. You firmly plant your feet as you prepare to square off against this bloodthirsty foe, fighting an elite cave goblin warrior. But still stupid. 
the goblin swipes at you with his scimitar. And now I go into battle wage. Oh, I'm so angry. What did you do to that person? Ah. And slain. Another 37 experience. You step over the blooded remains of the slain goblin and rush to the side of the wounded woman. Her face is painted in an intricate pattern of green and brown leaves, suggesting this has been done for the purpose of camouflage. As you kneel beside her, she looks up at you and smiles weakly. An unexpected rescue, but one most welcome, she says. She, you help her to her feet, and after taking a moment, moment to steady herself, she tells you that it is not safe to linger here. She introduces herself to Targaryen and says there is a way out of the tunnels nearby. There is no time to explain, she says. Her eyes nervously scanning the shadows of the passage. The way out of here is not far. While we're standing beneath the open sky, we can have the luxury of speaking more freely. Let us go then. Quickly. You follow Farland as she leads you along the twisting passages at a brisk pace. Now and again, she stops and leans up against the wall, wincing painfully. Following these echoes, it was nearly a minute before she was able to continue on. At last, you arrive at a rubble-stoked passage at the far end of which you can plainly see. The faint hint of daylight. Maybe I could use restoration on her. Let's just see. Nope, nope, I can only use it on me. That's very selfish of me. Following behind Tharlin, you navigated only half the length of the wobble-strewn passage, when a self behind alerts you to an approaching figure. Danger. Looking back over your shoulder, you're dismayed to see a group of six cave goblins scrabbling over the debris in the passage, rapidly closing on you. With the inhuman shrieks of the approaching goblins ringing your ears, you shout out to Tharlan and tell her to flee to safety while you cover her escape. Then, with grim determination, you firmly plant your feet and steal your nerve to face the intimate onslaught. The first three cave goblins draw to within melee range and immediately attack. Using the debris that chokes the passage to the best of your advantage, you bravely engage the murderous trio, its three cave goblin scouts. Cave goblins slice at you with their short swords while I bash with my mates, and they are slain. 37 experience. The next two cave goblins pile over the corpses of their kin and fussed wildly at you with their crude wooden spears. The goblins seem determined to not allow you to escape from the tunnels. Two cave goblin warriors. The goblins stab at you with their spears. And are slain. The last of the cave goblins strides forward and boldly engages you. This broad-bladed axe cutting the air only inches from your head. Begin combat. Galit cave goblin warrior. Chop at you with his axe and is slain. 69 experience. The bloody remains of the six goblins litter the floor of the wobbles choked passage. You spot an intriguing bone medallion around the neck of the last goblin you slew. Reach down and snap it 
the length of filthy string from which it hung. It's an unidentified bone amulet. This is a small bone amulet. I'll have to identify it later. With little desire to linger here any longer than necessary, you quickly check over your equipment and then proceed with all possible haste along the remainder of the passage towards the distant and welcoming light of day. You emerge from the weather stream passage into the bright light of late afternoon and find Violin seated on a broad flat stone, her eyes closed and her hands raised above her head. Slowly she opens her eyes and she sees you standing before her, she smiles. Without a word, she rises and steps towards you. Both of her hands extended, she again closes her eyes, instinctively. You feel her. You take hold of her outstretched hands and immediately feel a warming sensation spread throughout your body. My stamina points are fully restored. We had expected both you and Ivor to arrive, she says, withdrawing her hands. The fact and the fact that you have come alone can only mean there is bitter news to impart. You inform Valium of Ivor's fate. For a moment she is silent, but her countenance does not betray even the slightest hint of emotion. Fate is a wily creature indeed, for the man that Ivor slaughtered to meet in Elmbridge perished in the very labyrinth from which we just escaped. Four of us fled into that place, and the defence of the village was abandoned. Yet I, and only by the good fortune of a time in Elmbridge, am the only one to leave that wretched hole alive. Your words do not bring comfort. She continues, for the minions of the giant have found you, without prior knowledge of your remission. It is against all odds. A traitor amongst, walks amongst us, to be sure. Darling is silent for several moments and appears to be lost in thought. When she again speaks, she tells you that the friend and ally that I've always mentioned in these final words was, was a man named Garthwood, a revered and long-standing member. Member of the band that's long striven against the merciless tyranny of Justice Carr. In the West, our band is known as Whisperfoot this time. Though I have no, no doubt the name means little in these parts. Our struggle has been with Justice Carr and his wicked minions. It would be utterly dishonest if I did not say. This has been long and bitter. The giant is a brutal foe and as cunning and elusive as a hunted fox. When his wrath has been engaged, however, he strikes quickly and fiercely. I think a few things I would fear more. You'll learn that Whisperfoot arrived in Elmbridge two days before the giant's minions attacked and overran the village. There were twenty in number, kept a low profile, lurking in the woods on the edge of town, hoping against hope that Ivor would return from the mission and triumph, bearing the one weapon they hoped would turn the tide against Justice Khan. Anticipate the question she is about to ask. Before she has to join it, you draw out the stone song from amongst your possessions. Her eyes widen and she nods grimly. A faint smile momentarily replaces her stony demeanour as she gazes upon the ancient horn.
Long has that horn haunted my dreams, she says, gently wanging, wending her finger on bands of silver that decorate stone song. Dormer's unfathomable that after so many years, the answer to countless lonely players is within reach. Means of ending a reign of terror that threatened to outlive us all. It was beyond all we could hope for. Valin tells you that one of the agents of Whisperfoot, a man named Calvin, infiltrated Justice Garn ranks, posing as a gold-hungry traitor to the cause of his fellow man, quickly gained the giant's trust and confidence, and soon learned that Justice Khan was close to discovering the location of Stonesong. The one thing he feared above all else. Justice Khan's greatest fear is that Stonesong should be discovered and fall into the hands of his enemies, he says. His fear is well founded, for I think none, save his wretched underlings, that have think twice before turning it upon him. Armed with the knowledge he procured from the giant and his minions, Kerwin returned in secret and presented his findings to Ivor, as vast knowledge of the legend of the Enchanted Horn knew few equals. With the information Kerwin provided, Ivor was able to determine the location of Tangar's tomb, and thus the final resting place of the legendary horn. Cohen is the latest member to join our ranks, he says, and his arrival could not have been more timely. He's a man of valour and courage, with great strength of body and spirit. We are fortunate to have met up with him. He is most eager to meet you, Soup. Valin tells you there is little time to spare, and that a plan must be enacted at once if there's to be any chance of using the horn against Just Garpian with success. The most dangerous part of this lies ahead, she cautions, but unless I'm gravely mistaken, you're no stranger to peril, Zoop. The giant has struck first, but let our counter be swift and final. Let's go, we must find the others at once. Without warning, a tremendous jolt runs the length of your body, causing you to cry out in pain as alarm and long tines of lightning erupt from your body, encasing you in a crackling field of energy. Thine rushes forward, shocked to patient plainly visible on her painted face. But before she can reach you, the lightning dissipates, leaving you winded but otherwise unharmed. Lying on the ground at your feet is a magnificent longsword, you suddenly realise the glimmering weapon bears the blade and hilt you came upon on your journey. View the giant fell blade. Okay, 10 melee rating and 20 versus giants plus 20. So if I ever start fighting a giant, I should equip this. Very little is known about this enchanted sword. This weapon is of magical quality. Tharlan continues to stare at you with a look of bewilderment as you hoist the sword off the ground and examine it. Holding the weapon in your hand, you suddenly recall the words of the bearded stranger by the fire that gave you the blade of this remarkable sword. When it is reunited with its hilt, a sword of legend shall be reborn. Suddenly, the ground shakes as a series of massive footfalls pound the earth. Valin draws a short sword and turns to the west to face the approaching danger. 
look on her alarm on her face rapidly gives way to resolute anger as she beholds the source of the thundering steps. Climbing the hooded, hooded hillsides of the west, making straight for you, is a pair of towering hill giants. The fearsome group look Here's some brutes lumber up the steep grade and pause once they reach the summit, standing only a dozen yards from you. Well, isn't justice grand, says Fernan, a cold gaze locked at the nearest of the giants, but it will suffice for now. The giants laugh, their steep, rumbling voices echoing off the trees as they stride in your direction. Fallen charges the closest of the club-wielding vets, leaving you to face the other. Fights a hill giant. Might as well equip that giant fell blade. Yes, I'm equipping the giant fell blade now, so even though my attack has gone down in general against this particular foe, it will have gone up. Begin combat. The giant fell blade. 20 extra MR versus this enemy. The giant swatted you with its crude club. It squats some more. I just went into battle wage. Yeah, I really want to use this weapon. Yay! That, that's not wage. God, oh, it just got out. Ah, so angry. Not quite sure why. 22 XP. You leap over the massive corpse. A rush to the aid of Farlin, who's been knocked down by a savage blow of the giant's club. You boldly face a wounded hill giant. The giant swats at you with his club. With brutal stroke for 12 damage, and is slain. 12 XP. We hope Farlin to her feet, just as two more hill giants stomp into view out of the forest to the west. The massive humanoids strike the ground threatening with their heavy wooden clubs as they move swiftly in your direction. The simultaneous clap of several bowstrings suddenly rings out from the nearby forest, and a hail of arrows streaks through the air. The feathered shafts slam into the foremost giant. The fearsome brute staggers back, topples over dead before Dead before his tremendous bulk strikes the ground with a reverberating throng. Seven men, armed with axes and long swords, their, paint, their faces painted in much the same pattern as Starring, emerge from another part of the forest and rush past you to engage the remaining giant. You watch in stunned silence as they quickly surround and out and cut down their outmatched foe with lethal efficiency. Ooh, they're good. <laughs> I mean, this is a giant we're talking about. Giants are, well, they're big. That's, that, that's literally their only thing, that they're big. I know, that's dumb. All right. Several more men emerge from the forest, making it a total of 14 that stand about them. Corpses of the hill giants. The faces are all painted in the same camouflaging leaf pattern as Starlin's. Well, the later has regained her feet. She introduces them as members of Whisperfoot. <coughs> Sorry, 
To a man, the members of the Wagged Band seem impressed to make your acquaintance. Pilot your reputation as an adventure to reach even the remote hills of Western Tysa. And it's with some measure of pride to learn that they've often considered trying to recruit you into their ranks. One of the men stepped forward, bows deeply, and introduces himself as Cohen, and says in a deep, rumbling voice that he's honoured to have met you. Therein relates to the news of Ivor's death. For several moments, the men hang their heads in silent tribute to their fallen brother in arms. However, when Torrin next tells them, the mission ended success until we arrived in Elbridge bearing stone songs. The mood changes from one of sombre reflection to one of joyous ref- celebration. Well done, friend, says Gary, bracing, bracing his stored, sturdy hand on your shoulder. There is much to be done. For a little time, Justice Khan is on route to Elbridge as we speak. Calvin suddenly lapses into a fit of violent coughing that lasts nearly half a minute. He eventually recovers and, and begs your pardon. This rattle will be the end of me yet, he says. Not the easiest thing to shake. You learn that just this morning, Kellen returned from a visit to Justice Khan's encampment, several miles to the south of Homebridge where he boldly informed the giant that Stone Song had been secured by his goblin expedition, and the horn was soon was soon to be en route. I was soon I was soon I was somewhat taken aback when he told me to bring the horn to Elmbridge and wait here for his arrival, says Cowan. But such a strategy only plays into our hands. Not having known the outcome of your mission to own you, he goes, it was a bold gambit on my part, and one that might have ended disastrously. However, that is now a matter for the past. Everything seems to be falling in place, indicated he will be approaching from the hills to the south. Cohen turns his thickly muscled flame and stares off in the direction of the village. The company known as Whisperfoot prepares to set off on the last leg of their long-standing perilous... Mission with the legendary stone song and the bold adventure who possesses it now counted amongst their wanks. Cohen tells you that Justice Khan will be approaching Elmbridge from the south. So I did it. He, you, and Tharwin will head in that direction and set up to await his arrival. He'll walk straight into ambush this time. Let us hope by the time find the first blast of stone song reaches his ears, his days have ended. But he is for he's not likely to arrive alone. There are no but the other dangers to occupiers in his wake. The horn should fail, says Cohen. He quickly shakes his head. No, better not speak of things, such things. It simply mustn't fail. We can't ignore the possibility of the horn failing, says Darwin somewhat quickly. I will not sound than the horn into Justice Khan is as close as we can get. Should 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 it fail, you must retreat to the south of the village and regroup. The battle against this wicked beast will not die with the failure of a chosen ploy. Darwin adjusts her equipment and wipes her line of sweat from her brow. Or, if the horn works according to legend, we'll find ourselves wishing we had every wretched giant in the Federans in a line when the blast goes off.
You, gl you glance at Calvin and find his glare fixed on Thurwin. The moment of anger that seems to transfix him passes, however, and he turns to you. I've spoken a bit rashly, he says, in a deep, rumbling voice. Thurwin is white, but there is, there is but one tactic to bring down the tyrant. And while our success ends our struggle here today, failure cannot be allowed such latitude. So spoken, by the stars it better work. Though it laughs and exchanges a shoulder cross with Cohen. The time for action arrives, she says, exhaling sharply. Several members of Ristopher who disappeared into the forest following the battle with hill giants, we emerge, leading a group of horses into the open. One of the men hands you the reins of a fine steed and tells you it was Ivor's horse. It's certainly easier to outrun giants on the back of the horse than on the flat of one's own feet, should it come to that, says Tharlem, as she leaps into the saddle with practices. I've done both soup, and I can hardly recommend the latter. Going clambers onto the back of his horse, not nearly as gracefully as Tharlem, and they both turn to face you expectantly. You're already atop your steed and trotting, trotting slowly in their direction. The plan is settled. Thurling, Cohen and you head to the south of Elmbridge and set up an ambush for, for Dasquina. The reins of the company, company 13 strong, will take up a position west of the village where they'll be out of sight of the approaching giant. Departing company of 13 bids three of you farewell and wishes you luck. You turn and make your way south, heading for the outskirts of the village. Within the hour, you, Thurney and Cannot are set up on the hills south of Elmbridge, concealed in the thick corpse of, corpse of trees. Crops are trees on the edge of the World War Road leading north to the village. No one says a word as the three of you intently study the hills to their south, seeking any shine sign that might indicate the arrival of the giant and his minions. Near an hour into your visual, the ground suddenly quivers slightly, several times, and a distant but bearing wall rises into the air from the north. Throwing grass, and Conan turns his head in a direction beyond a sound. The faint din of raging battle reaches your ears. We are betrayed, cries Darren. The giant comes from the north. He's upon our brothers. Quickly, we now. Bowen is abruptly si silenced mid-sentence. You snap your head to the left and note that she is on the ground by the feet of a horse, apparently unconscious. You turn to Karen, but a sudden jarring blow from behind sends you toppling from the saddle. What the? What's happened here? You plummet from the back of your horse, striking the ground hard and momentarily blacky out. When your vision returns only seconds later, you stagger to your feet, horrified to see Cowan speeding away atop his steed, heading towards the sound of distant battle. Your horror help mounts, you suddenly realise that Stonesong has been snatched on your possession, slung over Cowan's back as he rapidly recedes into the dis distance is the legendary Hall of Tongar. There is no time to waste. You quickly check Lohem and note that she is still breathing, who induced to not appear to be life-wrestling. And so, after quickly rolling onto her, her onto her back, you leap into the saddle and ride furiously to the north. 
trailing in the wake of the apparently treacherous Grogan. Alright, so who he is, is taking an imposing lead on a fast horse. You proved to be the near match to Karen's race skills, and soon to find yourself racing right on his heels. Karen glances over his shoulder and casts a scornful look at you as he madly urges his steed forward. Now, uh, if I had wood horsemanship, I could use it, but I don't, so I can't, so I move on. Despite some clever and daring writing, you're unable to overtake the fleeing Calvin. You continue to ride at him, however, not willing to surrender the pursuit, even though you are unable to catch him. Suddenly, your horse wears off on its hind legs, tossing from the on saddle. You land hard on the ground, but Macassi do not sustain any sort of serious injury. The frightened animal drops back into its front legs and bumps, dashing to the east to its last from sight. In a matter of moments, both your horse and uh, your horse and the fleeing form of Kelwin are lost from sight. With no other alternative at hand, and with no intention of abandoning hope, he quickly set off on foot, heading straight for the north, towards the distant din of battle and the dull, reverberating thud of heavy footfalls. Oh dear. The sound of raging battle to the north greets your ears as you move into the village. Leaving Calvin is gone towards, towards the battle, quickly make your way through the deserted streets and press into the rolling hills to the north. As you press over the back of a small rise on the north and outskirts of Elmbridge, your eyes fall upon a dreadful scene laid out on the sprawling hills just before you. A massive force of goblins and ogres is engaged in a fierce battle. A small number of humans on the rolling slopes just north of where you stand. You instantly recognise the members of Whisperfoot among the vastly outnumbered human combatants as they wage a desperate fight against a merciless and seemingly endless tide of the enemy. Your first instinct is to charge into the fray and rush to the aid of, of the beleaguered humans. But your thoughts are interrupted by the sounding of horns to the east, a chorus of horns winging out, echoing through the hills as, a as the thunder of countless hoofbeats fill the, fills the air. A line of cavalry bearing the standard of the king arrive on the eastern hedge edge of the hills and draw into a rigid formation. Several of the riders rise up, raise up long curved horns and turn their heads skywards as they again sound their instruments of war. More and more, the armoured horsemen appear as continue to appear and draw into formation behind the initial line. Foremost horses of the company strain against their bridles and stamp their feet impatiently as their riders await the order to charge. A deafening chorus of horns sounds and at once the horse legion cleanly divides into two separate forces, each charging headlong into the raging milli spread out before them. The battle has been joined! Yes. Yes, yes, how's that? Woo! A bellowing roar fills the air, sending an involuntary shudder the length of your spine. You look to your north in the direction of the sound and behold a chilling sight. 
striding to the top of distant wide, wise, flanked by a pair of hill giants, and preceded by a legion of armoured ogres, is a massive mountain giant, the gargantuan humanoid, whose sheer size pauses, serves to dwarf the hill giants by his side, pauses at the top of the wise, and appears to survey the scene of battle spread out before him. It is your first glimpse of Justice Khan, and he is truly fearsome. With a black metal breastplate strapped to his chest, and a massive spike club resting over one shoulder, Justice Khan turns his head from side to side as he watches the conflict that wages amongst the hills to his south. A shock of thick black hair crowns his head, descending in matted locks to just below his shoulders. From the centre of his wide face extends a nose that's been so badly broken it's barely recognisable any longer. Suddenly, your attention is drawn to a man on horseback racing along the edge of the hills in the direction of the giant. It is Calvin. Against all odds, you set off at what once in a bid to try and intercept him. You move along the edge of the forest, skirting the eastern flank of the battlefield. Quick, swiftly making your way towards the hill atop which Justice Khan has positioned himself. Even at this distance, the towering mountain giant is a terrifying spectacle to behold. As you approach the hill, you note the armoured ogres that formed a defensive wing around the giant's perch. About two-thirds of the way up the hill, the two hill giants, massive in their own right, remain at their master's side. Seemingly dwarfed in comparison to his tremendous bulk, the eyes once again fall upon the lone wider who is now urging his steed up the slope. As Cohen nears the line of ogres, the armoured beasts part to allow him to pass, and he continues his ascent. As he nears the summit, Cohen slows his approach and seems to make some sort of gesture in the direction of Justice Khan. Suddenly, the giant's eyes open wide with fear. With a single fluid motion, Kelwin draws Stone Song to his nets before he can sound the ancient boy. He inexplicably topples from his saddle, striking the ground hard. Upon impact, Stone Song flies from his hand, landing directly at the feet of the intended target of his magic. Oh no! Justice Khan winked down down and retrieves the horn, his gaze momentarily transfixed on the ancient weapon as he returns to his full daunting height. He grins wickedly and appears to say something to Calvin. The bold warrior staggers to his feet and first time you notice a feathered shaft protruding with his left side. The goblin who the goblin loosed the shaft standing several yards to the right of this guy, no doubt awaiting the order of his cool master. What happens next is still rooted in your memory to this day. Discarn takes a step forward towards the wizened Calvin and rises his club. A swift and brutal stroke of the rapid of the massive weapons as Calvin sprawls to the ground several yards from where he previously stood. He does not move again. The mighty giant casts a derisive glance in the direction of Calvin's body but quickly returns his attention to the enchanted horn, resting between the thumb and forefinger of his left hand. 
Sproul furs, and the towering giant grits his teeth as he seems to be attempting to crush Stonetongue with all his might. During only several moments, he howls in fury and turns his rage on, on the goblin standing to his right. A single powerful stroke from his club drives the hapless goblin humanoid into the ground, killing him instantly. The goblin, whose tiny arrow unhorsed out her horse going has now shared his apparent fate. Oh dear, it's another terrible boss. Look, 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 I know you gotta, I know when you get angry you gotta smash things. I get that. But don't smash people. Don't smash your underlings. Have, just smash the ground. Have, have a, have some, have some convenient Piles of things for smashing purposes. Maybe a tree. Maybe smash a tree. Okay, there's probably no trees around. But the, but don't smash your underlings. You need your underlings. To do evil. Alright. Despite the unexpected turn of events, you know you must now take back Stone Song. There's to be any chance of defeating Justice Garden. And with the horn westing firmly in the grip of the giant himself, you realise the endeavour will prove to be no small task. So, you take the consolation in the fact that Justice Khan, despite his obvious might, seems unable to destroy the horn. The din of the nearby battle rises in pitch. He turns a look upon a brutal scene. What eyes behold is inspiring, granting you a renewed sense of hope. The cavalry have largely routed the goblins and are now in battle with a sizable force of ogres. With the sounds of raging battle pouring and pounding ahead, you quickly move off in the direction of the giant's hill. You've covered less than 50 yards when you su suddenly come upon a band of cave goblins making their way towards the battle. The eight goblins don't appear to be deterred by the fact that most of their kin have either fled or been slain. The goblins have not spotted yet. They are headed your way. So I can attack the group of goblins. I can attempt to hide from them. Or I could use the power of illusion or the power of gating. I'm going to use the power of illusion. I channel it. Succeeded. The sudden, the sudden appearance of the well-crafted illusion of four horse soldiers is all it takes to scatter the miserable creatures and send them fleeing wildly into the forest. You quickly dispel your illusion and move off into in the direction of the giant's hill. You reach the base of the hill atop top which Justice Khan is perched. If at a distance the towering giant seemed fearsome, relatively close range. Range is nothing short of terrifying, yet with a good deal of dismay that he wears Stone Song tucked into a massive hide belt that circles his waist. Justice Khan grumbles as he surveys the ongoing battle and hills beneath this lofty vantage point. As if he is dissatisfied with how events are unfolding, he issues a stern command, and the black armoured ogres that wing the, the crown of the hill begin a swift but orderly descent. 
as they move to join the battle at their master's behest. Mm. So who told the army to turn up? Was it was it Kelvin? Could have been. I mean, he knew. He knew. He knew that that Justice Khan was coming here. So, I mean, he could have told them. Yeah, that makes sense. A second man spoke in a tongue you can't, you cannot comprehend. Dispatches the two foot-old giants that flank him. The gruesome pair make their way down the hillside behind the ogres. Their gaze is fixed upon the brutal melee they've been ordered to join that continues to wage in the hills to the south. You fear for the cavalry and the members of Whisperfoot, who may still be engaged in the enemy. For the arrival of the armoured Oak Legion and the two giants is not likely to bode, bode well for their chances of success. Hmm. Uh, I think they can handle it. I mean, we just saw the Whisperfoot people take down two giants. And now, and the cavalry should be able to handle those ogres simply enough. I mean, they just, just charge, just charge at them. There's nothing they can do. They don't have spears. That's pretty much the only thing that can stop a full cavalry charge. That or a really big gun. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so, uh, uh, I think I think they can handle it. You turn your gaze from the scenes of the battle to Justice Khan. The mountain giant now stands alone atop a steep rise, his massive form ominously silhouetted against the bright afternoon sky. With his personal guards dispatched into battle, mounting the hills to reach him should prove a somewhat simpler affair. Knowing full well that a victory over the giant and his cruel minions will require the retrieval of Stonesong, wholly determine your next course of action. So, I can just sneak up on him, I can use gating, or I can use illusion. I'm going to use illusion, which is, which is 50 plus required, so I'll probably give the most experience. Channel the power of illusion. Succeeded 64 experience to illusion. Your well-crafted illusion has produced the desired effect. The line of illusionary cavalry surfing the base of the hill secured Justice Garn's attention. Giant looked down upon the horse soldiers now besieging the hill, studying them with a wary eye. With his attention quick, presently deserted, you quick, swiftly begin your ascent, moving swift, steadily in, steadily up the back of the hill. A small while later, you reach the crown of the hill. You stand at the crown of the hill, behind a group of tall hardwoods just to the right of Justice Khan. Oh, he did have trees to smash. He should have... had trees to smash? He should have smashed those trees. The fearsome mountain giant is only a dozen yards from you. It appears oblivious to your presence as, the cold, as his cold gaze remains fixed on the field of battle below. The far side of the hillstock, still lying where the giant's fell blow carried it, is the unmoving body of Kelvin. Your eyes shift from the body to Jaskis Khan, where... Tucked into the giant's broad hide belt, you behold the very object that Cohen took from you, Stone Song. A 
this close proximity, Jessica Scarlett is a more terrifying figure than you could possibly imagine. You find it hard to believe the towering mountain giant, whose every, whose every feature seems to hint at his unearthly might, could possibly fear any living creature. Despite the sobering assessment of, of his obvious lethality, realise the success of your mission and survival of those now embattled with the giant's minions rests on the retrieval of the enchanted horn of Tangar. Owing to its present location, all indications are it will prove to be no easy task. You cautiously sink out of the trees as you prepare to put your bold plan into action. So I can use telekinesis. Expert, 50 plus. Elementalism, 50 plus. Or feathery. Mm. I think... I'm going for telekinesis, because I think that's the one I can do most stealthily. Right, using that, calling upon your power of telekinesis, it focuses on the horn tucked into the giant's belt. Right, channeling it. 128 experience to telekinesis. With growing elation, he watches the horn lifts out of the giant's hide belt, and propelled by the power of your mind, Soars through the air towards you. You reach out and take hold of Stone Song as it floats to within reach. You have, cla- you have reclaimed the enchanted horn of Tangar. <sighs> Suddenly, Justice Khan turns and stares directly at you, his grim consonants tripping, crippling, crisping into an expression of dire rage. Your blood runs cold and takes all your will to keep from physically cowering before him as he glares down at you. So we have another hero, he snarls, his deep, echoing voice. Not far akin to the rumble of thunder. No would-be hero has ever lived to remember the day he stood before Justice Khan. So too comes your end, worm. Your heart skips a beat as Justice Khan raises his fearsome club high into the air, preparing to strike you a crushing, decisive blow. So I can attempt to dodge the blow. I can use Fortification at 50+, plus, or Telekinesis at 60+. plus. Alright, use Telekinesis again. I'm going to make him hit himself with his own club. You hastily attempt to draw, summon your power telekinesis, and focus it on the giant's club, now cutting it steadily downward up towards you. Alright, channeling telekinesis. Succeeded! 384 experience to telekinesis. You you focus your telekinetic power on the rapidly descending club, and manage to send it off course to the right by several feet. Impended by your powerful mastery of telekinesis, the giant's blow lands several yards wide, elicting an enraged bellow from its mighty wielder. Justice Khan curses angrily and draws back his ragey club in preparation for a second strike. Your fight is with me, Just! rings out a deep, anger-laced voice. The sudden sounding from your voice startles Jesse Sean. As he turns to behold the source of the voice, you follow suit and your eyes fall upon a shocking sight. 
the very sight that has obviously shaken the giant. Battered and bloodied, Calvin is slowly staggering to his feet. We stare in disbelief. Disbelief. Unable to comprehend how Cowan could have survived the savage blow that stuck just as gone. The grim-faced warrior fully regains his feet and draws his axe, levelling at the mountain giant. No heroes live to recall the day they stood before you, snares Cowan, his voice as thunderous as that of the giant he boldly steps forward. I'm no hero. But you're ready, fear me, worm. Oh, oh my, who, what is Calvin? Is he is, is, is something else? <laughs> you watch in stunned disbelief as Calvin throws himself headlong at Justice Scott, executing a series of brutal strokes that force the mountain giant to retreat several steps. Justice calm. Recovers from what you can only assume is his surprise at the bold attack and counters the assault with a fury of crushing bows. Incredibly, seeming to defy reality, Cohen parries and deflects each of the savage strokes as if they were made by another human sized combatant. You are certain that Cohen is not all that he appears. A look of fear passes over the giant's face as Cohen again surges forward. Swinging wildly with his broad-bladed axe, he sends the giant's glowing desperation as he struggles to fend off the furious attack. A painful howl escapes from the mountain giant's lips as Cohen Daps bites deeply into the exposed flesh of his leg, staggering the mighty giant and swiftly sending him to one, one knee. Justice Garn roars furiously and draws back his massive fist before bringing it down upon Cowan. You are again stunned when Cowan reaches up with both hands and catches Giant's fist on the downstroke. He thrusts his arm upwards, repelling the bell blow and sending the mountain giant toppling backwards can only be described as an unearthly display of might. The fearsome mountain giant regains its feet and rises to his full height, roaring with rage as he prepares to strike down Cowan. The horn! The horn, you fool! Screams Calvin, turning to you. The horn! You draw out Stone Song. Now, a particular item may be of use here. <laughs> and I think he's made it quite clear which one it is. Torn Song. Use Stone Song. Clip. You draw Stone Song to your lips. Justice Khan turns towards you, his face ashen. His eyes widen in fear as the terror-struck giant draws his massive club and prepares to drink, bring the weighty weapon down upon you. The last desperate attempt to preempt the sounding of the ancient horn. For the mountain giant who is known no more to eastern evil and never tasted to defeat, it is a fleeing moment of sheer terror. And it's already too late. A deafening blast erupts from the end of the horn as you face, as you force the air from your lungs into the enchanted weapon. Reverberating sound echoes through the hills, countlessly repeating a call not heard since Targarn himself last sounded the horn centuries ago.
guess he had to use it at least once just to, just to show that it works. The hills wing with the with the sound of Tongar's beloved stone song. Jack begins to tremble. Neil forced to dodge his massive massive club as the weighty weapon topples topples with shaky hand, striking the ground where he'd been standing only moments before. The fearsome giant's skin rapidly assumes a deep greyish hue, and he flashes a look of burning hatred at you as he staggers to the left and right, with his struggling to maintain his balance. Suddenly he turns his head skyward and cries out with anguish, and the sound of splittering spell replaces the fading wing of the horn. The toes of his boots to the tear his head, the slow mountain giant is swiftly turning into solid stone, with his ashen, hardening face contorted into a painful grimace. The, the giant slowly turns to, towards you. You've run then, he croaks weakly, voice lacking even the Tice's trace of his powerful form of resonance. Take pride in that. The petrification rapidly consumes his torso and spreads to his face, forever freezing the giant's anguished countenance and horrified look that transfixed it in the last fleeting, terrified moment of his life. Less than a minute after the sounding of the horn, Justice Khan has been transformed into solid stone. Does not move or speak. Does not speak or move again. The sharp sound of crackling stone draws your gaze to your hands, where you behold an unexpected sight stone song, the horn of Tangar, has itself become petrified. A stiffening sensation at the tips of your fingers causes you to immediately and wisely drop the horn. It strikes the ground and shatters into several jagged stone fragments. Yeah, okay. Admittedly, gameplay-wise, that makes a lot of sense. Because <laughs> this that's it's a what it's a it's a weapon that is way too powerful. If we have that then he could never use giants again. And you want to keep that option. You turn your gaze from the petrified form. You turn your gaze from the petrified drawing of Jessica Scott and the remains of Stone Song with knowledge Calvin. You're eager to thank the brave warrior for the vital role he played in the giant's defeat. You are stunned by what greets your eyes. I wonder if those two sons were affected by Stone Song. Cohen stands on the edge of the hill. Now, like the mountain giant, he fought, forever frozen in stone. A look of serenity is, is fixed the warrior's painted face, and he stands with his hands folded atop the end of his axe, as his unwavering eyes gaze out across the hills to the west, fixed on some distant but indeterminable point. 
you move over and examine the petrified remains of Kelvin more closely, and able to fathom why he has stared in Justice Khan's gruesome fate. He's a giant. He's a giant in human disguise. A giant that Justice Khan already feared. It's only Jack. I mean, he's sick. He is sick. Only Jack was sick. Jessica Jack fears Harley Jack. Jessica Jack fears Kelvin. He is a giant. He is a giant. Has a personal grudge. Has a personal grudge. Because you always have grudges against your brothers. And your half-brothers. And your one-third brothers. I don't even know how that would happen. <laughs> you suddenly realise the din of battle no longer rises into the air, and your eyes fall upon the hills in the south, only to find the last feeble remnants of the giant's wicked army have taken flight, scattering wildly into forest. With the leads defeated and the morale broken, the cruel minions of Justice Garden no longer have the will to stand against Toast and Cavalry. A lone voice calls out from your left, you turn to behold a familiar face appearing over the crown of the hill. Toin smiles once upon seeing you and makes her way over at once, meeting you in his shoulder cloth beneath the shadow of the petrified form of Justice Scar. A day long pray for, she says, smiling broadly. She gave she circles the towering statuesque figure of the mountain giant, gazing up, gazing up its frozen form and commending you on your victory. And you tell her that about the part that Cohen played in the giant's defeat. She nods stoically and makes her way over to the petrified Roy. Thorin kneels before Cohen, closes her eyes and silently prays. After nearly a minute, her eyes open and she rises and turns to face you. I pray for Cowan. May his soul find west, she says. Thalin pauses and turns to look back at the statue of Cowan. I pray for Cowan, please, but we encounter so fortunate not to have to deal with Cowan, not to deal with, with his wrath in another time and place, without Justice Garn to Garner's attention. But I say too much. It's not right to speak ill of him in light of us passing. Let me say no more. Yeah, so that's the only way it could end with both of them down. Because with, with but without with, because if you have just one, there is no balance, and there is only war. War. Which mainly hurts everybody else. Standing between the petrified figures of Kelwin and Justice Khan, you and Fa you and Tharin watch the the scene unfolding in the hills of the south. The late stages of the fight, a band of border rangers arrive and help turn the tide against the enemy. The rangers now assist with the removal of the human dead from the battlefield and a small number of them pursue the fillying goblins to the forest. You later learn that several members of Whisperfoot have fallen today, 
in battle against the minions of the giant. But Thorin tells you that with the defeat of Justice Khan, their lives were not forfeit in vain. Each of us swore he would see an end to this menace, she says, placing her hand on your shoulder. There are long amongst us who have not willingly given his or her life to that to effect that end. Thanks to you, Zoop, a long struggle ends here, today, in triumph. At long last, a victory. You and Thalin are joined on the summit by the captain of Tyson Cavalry, the surviving member of Whis- members of Whisperfoot and three border rangers. All present stand silently before the statue of Justice Garn, staring in awe at the petrified remains of the fearsome giant. To be believed, mutters the captain, slowly shaking his head. The three border rangers nod in agreement. For nearly a month following the defeat of Justice Garn, the towns and villages of Western Tysa unite in jovial celebration of their freedom from the giant's long and cruel reign of tyranny. The death of Justice Garn and the scattering of remains of his foul minions signals the dawn of a new era for those who live beneath his oppressive statue. The gratitude of those whose lives, those very lives, have ever changed manifests itself in a variety of ways. At first, you valiantly refuse to set any sort of reward for your part in bringing about the giant's demise. However, the envoys of the people of Western Tysa were relentless, and when it all is said and done, you find yourself quite a few gold tokens, which are for reference, plus 5,000 gold tokens. A special celebration is held in the village of Hawklaw, where for three days you and the members of Whisperfoot are guests of honour. Length, the celebrations come to an end, and where life turns to normal throughout the western portion of the kingdom. It is then you are faced with saying farewell to the members of Whisterfoot, depart for their homes along the western border, and you make ready to strike out in search of further adventure. Maybe one day our paths will cross again, smirks Stalin. I think I'm done, done with chasing giants for a while. A good long while here. You'll prob- probably make your use of it than I will now. Screeches up and and slips a thick gold chain chain overhead. She then presses the chain and the amethyst medallion that hangs from it hangs from it into the palm of your hand. The medallion of blessed fortune. It's neck armour. One cylinder point, one agility, one might, one two spirit, and four luck. Yes, yep. maybe, maybe if I want to get that one luck point, I could equip it for checks and things. It always brought me luck, Soup. She smiles. Hope it does does as well for you. You thank Tharin for the medallion and bid her farewell, and the other members of Whisperfoot a fond farewell. When, when they have departed, you two set off on your way, slipping out of Hawklaw as quietly as you can, your body well rested and your spirit thirsting for adventure. The name Zoop will never be forgotten by the people of Western Tyson. Those lies and those children's lies have been spared the dread and uncertainty of a willful existence beneath the shadow of a ruthless tyrant. The story of Zoop the Bold and Stone Song.
is now a familiar tale in these parts, and one that's taken its proud and rightful place amongst the greatest historic episodes of the age. And to this day, on the crown of the hill, known as Giant's Wise, stand the statues of Kilwin and Discarn. On a clear day, their silhouettes are readily visible in the black top of the pale blue sky, a constant reminder of that fateful afternoon in the late autumn long ago, and the hills echoed with the voice of Stone Soul one last time, and the bold hero stood defiant before the wrath of a giant. What 4,096 experienced to general, 512 experienced to all skills and powers, and all all, very nice. Let's take a rest. Okay, so... Next time, I will move on to Proving Grounds 1, the Wade on Crowless Tron. As I now finally have, I now finally have my skills high enough that I can safely do it. So, saving. And for now, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.